You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, welcome back to Walk It Out, and I am so excited to talk to my friend Erin Weideman today. She is the co-founder of Truth Becomes Her. She has these wonderful books for girls, um, The Adventures of Rooney Cruz. Now, she has a new one called, or we're going to be talking about today, um, about the ringleaders. And I started reading this with my kids today. They loved it so much. So we're going to be talking about the books. We're going to be talking about life. We're going to be talking about babies and kids and Montana because, hello, we love Montana. So welcome, Erin. Yeah, thanks so much, Trisha. I'm excited to hear your sweet voice and get to chat with you today. This is so fun. Okay, so for those who may not be familiar, just give us like a 30-second who is (laughs) Erin. Totally. So wife to Brent, mom to Rooney, and new baby Roxy. We just moved from San Diego to Montana because we're crazy um, in the middle of all the COVID stuff. And yeah, we're just enjoying our time here. We started a publishing company five years ago called Bible Bells that connects girls to the women of the Bible. And our brand new book is out, which I'm really excited about. And it's all about New Testament women and the story of Jesus. So yeah, we're just pumped on and on a life adventure. It seems. Oh, I, just, I just love it so much. Okay, first of all, I did not know about the new baby. So that yeah. is so awesome. I love it. It's so funny, too, because we've been in the middle of an adoption journey, and we're still moving forward with that. Like we have our home study already, and we just moved to Montana. So now we're trying to get all the paperwork resubmitted. Um, but yeah, our, our new baby Roxy came along. We were surprised with that news in January. And I gave birth in August right here in Montana. And she's just a light and a beautiful, wonderful baby be. She's so happy and calm. And we're just enjoying watching Rooney become a big sister. And it's so, so beautiful. We love it so much. Oh, I love that. Okay. So Montana, we lived there for 15 years. We love it. It still feels like home in so many ways. I mean, we love Arkansas for the sunshine. (laughs) I am enjoying this, but it's fun because you haven't experienced the Montana winter yet. Have you? A hundred percent. No. And can I just tell you, I did a video this morning where, cause what happened here is so hilarious. Like it, we had a beautiful summer, July and August and like into early September, it was 85 degrees. And I thought this is lovely. And then out of nowhere, this weird cold front came in because I was ready for fall. I had like my sweaters and I was ready for like pumpkin spice lattes and all the fall things. And it seems like we just did a violent jump over into winter. We got four inches of snow. It's calling for more snow. And I'm so confused. Like what did our family do? Because we're from San Diego and, you know, it's normally 80 degrees into like Thanksgiving time. So we're all very confused and a little a little nervous about yeah. Florida right now. <laughs> oh, but it's so beautiful. Like Montana is mm-hmm. amazing and the people are great. My best friends are up there. So I think you're going to love it. But yeah, the snow is going to come and it's going to stay a very long time. Oh, we already got all of our ski stuff. Like I, I got new skis. Rooney's going to snowboard because Rooney's a big skateboarder and we left San Diego. So she's like, Ooh, um, what, what does this mean? And so we're going to get her into snowboarding. We built a skate ramp in our garage. So we're, we're creatively figuring out how we can stay active and just enjoy 
enjoy, yes, the frigid temperatures and all the snow because we're not used to it. But I love, I mean, I grew up skiing and going on vacations where we would ski, you know, in Big Bear and Mammoth and places like that. So I'm pumped for You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whitefish Mountain there is Mm -hmm. amazing. I mean, we just, we love it. I love, yeah. So fun. Okay. So before we talk about Truth Becomes Her and all you're doing there, I know um, that you are a five-time cancer survivor. And I would just love for you to just tell a little bit of that story because I think it's so beautiful that, I mean, you've had all the, you know, the, these obstacles and these hardships, and then you're producing these beautiful things that are just blessing moms and daughters. So just talk about kind of that journey and how it led you into just having this desire for these books. Yeah, I grew up in church. You know, my parents and I and my sister all went to the same little church and school combination in Orange, California, where I grew up. And I, you know, I memorized all the stories, mostly of men in the Bible. And I did all the church things you would do. I did youth group and, you know, was confirmed and did my communion class and all the things you would do. Um, But I I missed the relationship with Jesus. I just Mm. didn't understand what it meant to walk with him, um, what walking in your salvation actually looks like. So I fell away from my faith at about 16 and, you know, just went the next 10 years making every mistake on the planet. I, I went to college back east on a softball scholarship at Penn State, graduated and just, you know, got my way into the working world. And I had really found a lot of worth and value in things like getting good grades and doing really well in sports. So that's just what I built my identity on because I just missed God and his identity and his plans and purpose. So fast forward into my 26th year, I had felt a lump on the side of my neck just doing my hair one day years before this, like while I was still in college. And my team doctor checked it and he was like, nope, you're a healthy athlete. You have no symptoms. We'll just watch it. And I forgot about it because that's what 20-somethings do when they're busy and not paying attention. And so I'm 26 years old. My mom just out of nowhere and I'm working full time now. She just goes, hey, you you should really go get that checked out and have them rule out you know, that is a problem and maybe it's just a cyst or it's a benign something, but let's go figure it out. And I thought, oh, okay, mom. Um, And the doctor's office was right down the street from where she works. So she and I go to the doctor's office and we're in the exam room for like a few minutes while the doctor's checking me and he's touching all over my neck. And then he just stops and he put his hands on my hands and he looked into my eyes and said, Aaron, uh, you have cancer. I feel it over the top half of your whole body. And he put my hands all over my neck and up into my the back of my neck and down underneath mm. my collar and I could just feel now that he was pointing them out all of these foreign what I, what were what we found out were tumors all over my head my neck my chest going into my brain stem and I had zero symptoms. So I, I went to the doctor thinking, this is so inconvenient. I've got to get back to my life. And then from that moment, everything changed because I was, I mean, I had to immediately have a surgery the next day, two weeks later, nine hour surgery. I lost the ability to move my arms and my neck. So I went immediately into like all these intense therapies. I had to do a radiation treatment where they quarantined me for 72 hours. So I was thrust into this season of a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, and I did not have the Lord. So mm. I just, the season for me was a panic. It was a scary season of, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm not going to get to do any of the things I wanted to do. My life is over. What does this mean? And I remember being in that 72 hour quarantine for radiation. They gave me the maximum dose you could give a person. And then they shut you in a room for three days. And in that room, I got so dizzy and I started to work myself into this pain 
panic where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to faint. No one can come in here and help me. And I started to freak out. And I, I remember I got so scared. I put my face on the floor of the bathroom in my, at my parents' house and I prayed out loud. And I don't think I'd ever prayed really and thought like God exists. He loves me. He is, is, has planned for my life. I just prayed out loud. And I remember saying, God, I'm, if you're real, I am so sorry. I've wasted my time. This is too big, Lord. I can't, I don't know how to do this. No one can help me. I'm by myself. Can you please just come in here and be with me? And I felt, I felt peace just speaking that out loud. I felt God's presence. I felt, you know, good enough to sit up. And that was really just the turning point in my life to start, you know, I started to feel better. I got out of that room and that's when God really twinged my heart for different, you know, questions to be asking questions like, you know, what did, what did you make me to do God? Who am I supposed to be? And what are, what are the gifts and what are the ways that you wired me and how am I supposed to be a blessing to people and how am I supposed to point people to you? And God really started to work on my heart in that season. And that's really why I became a teacher. I just felt like, you know, I, I got out of that room and I thought I can't go back to this job. I don't, you know, I'm just not, I'm not passionate about it. I was working in finance at the time, mm-hmm. which is totally ill suited for all my giftings. Um, and I always loved storytelling and writing and words. And I read the dictionary as a kid, like I was that person, <laughs> but I laid all that down in the pursuit of making money and, yeah. and going out and doing success the way the world tells you to do it. So I just, I started asking guys like, God, if you're real, I missed my calling. I missed what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to be doing? And he just wrenched my soul for children. And I thought, I, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get in a teaching credentialing program. It's going to take me a year. And then I will spend the rest of my life, which didn't seem like a long amount of time, teaching kids in the classroom. I'll mentor them. I'll encourage them. I'll support them in whatever way I can. I'll, I'll get in and teach a subject I'm passionate about, English. And um, that's what I did. So I went back to school and became a teacher and did that for eight years. Wow. And it's like... I mean, obviously, God was there for you. First of all, that you had eight more years. And second of all, the transformation in your life. And it seems like in those desperate moments, mine was 17 years old and pregnant saying, mm. God, I have screwed, screwed up my life. If you can do anything. And like the you mentioned, like the peace, the peace and the hope like that hadn't been there a second before was there. And I just knew that God was with me. And it was a completely different situation. But like in those desperate moments when we realized, OK, I have nothing thing like you had I mean your your health was failing you for me I was Mm -hmm. dropped out of school and pregnant and my boyfriend was gone and I was alone it's in those desperate moments sometimes that's what it takes for us to turn to God and then when we get a hold of him it's and and when we look to say what have you designed me to do um, for both of us has led to books and writing and ministry and and that's what God had planned like even before we were born he had all these good gifts for us and he was just waiting for us to like come to the end of ourselves and be like so patient, right? And I, I love being able to look back now. And who knew, you know, going through cancer a bunch more times after that first mm-hmm. one, he got really started to minister to me and soften this hard, angry, ugly heart that I had, you know, cultivated inside on my own for so many years, being so selfish. But I look back now and people are confused because I, I normally I talk about this cancer journey, this really rough, painful time in my story. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It is the yeah. best thing that ever happened to me going through that super hard, super awful thing, you know, being on the floor of a bathroom, crying out to him, and then asking him to show me, God, is there a plan? Do you exist? Like, what is this? And the second I started seeking him, I can see the turn that happened in my own life and how God just was so patient and faithful to show up when I started asking 
Because I had spent so many years not asking, just doing my right. own thing, not yeah. not being willing to even try to discover who he was. But he was right there when I started seeking. When he, when we seek him, we truly do find him. And I'm so I'm so incredibly blessed to look back at that season of really hard stuff and be so thankful that it happened to me. And I talk about that with Rooney often, my sweet little six year old daughter, who you know she'll she'll touch the scar on my neck and she'll ask me, you know, does that hurt now? And um, you know, do you ever get embarrassed by that? And it's just it's something I'm so proud of that represents such a hard time, but it really just is a testament to what God did, and I get to share that with her um, every day. We get to we get to walk that out. It's so fun. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about you were a school teacher for eight years, and how did you go mm-hmm. from being a school teacher to having a family and writing these books? Oh yeah, so I'm teaching school. You know, I'm, I'm mentoring you know, boys and girls in, in a variety of different age levels and experiences. And but I'm, my heart is just breaking in the classroom for these girls. I mean, they're super insecure. They don't know the Lord. They're constantly comparing themselves. They've got social media. It's all the things piled on top of them, and it's like this barrage of messaging. Here's what you got to do to get people to love you, respect you. You need to be strong, sassy, independent. You need to care more about what you put on your body than how you treat people. And it's just this cycle that girls live in that will cause them to miss who God made them to be. And that was just weighing on my heart as somebody who was like a baby Christian at the time. And God was really showing me some different things. I met my husband right in there, but long story short, I mean, through, we just, we were on the way home from church one day arguing like married people do um, (laughs) about what to get our niece for her birthday that year. And she was five years old starting kindergarten. And I just, you know, I was teaching middle school at the time, just going, gosh, is there something we can do like years before a girl would ever walk through the door of a middle school Mm. that would, that would, you know, build up the foundation that she needs in Christ that would strengthen her character and her confidence. And for me, it made so much sense. Like the stories of women in the Bible have not really been harnessed or presented in a way so that a little girl can be excited about them, can want to learn about them, can be so engaged and enamored by those stories, just like she is with every single Disney princess. Because that's like all the little girls in our lives could name all those princesses and all the details and the animal friends and all the things and not one woman in the Bible. And so we felt challenged at the beginning. And initially it was like, oh, we'll write a book proposal. We'll shop it to an agent. And then very quickly, you know, the agents were like, oh, you don't have a platform. Oh, your social media is private because you're a teacher. You don't have, you know, you've never written a book before. And so God was really challenging us in that season because we heard no, no, no to, to just start our own company you know, start our own publishing company and raise money to be able to make the books and find an illustrator and a book designer and an editor who could make the story, you know, who could work with me to make the stories um, workable for a reader. And that's what we did. So we slogged our way through that first book. It took us three years and I wrote it like at the library in between grading papers and chasing Rooney around because we became parents. That's the other thing that happened during that season (laughs) where it was like, oh, oh, I'm starting to get, you know, you know, cancer scans that are coming back totally clear where I had gone through five years of every scan is bad, surgery, 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 treatment, treatment, therapy, therapy, radiation, all the things. And then 2012, 
I got a clear one. Three months later, got a clear one. Three months later, got a clear one. I looked at my husband and went, oh my gosh, is God opening us up a little window to have a baby? Oh, wow. And we got pregnant shortly after that. And it's so funny because we had a list of boys' names going while we're starting this girl-focused rah-rah, you know, female <laughs> empowerment company. And then we find out it's a girl. We were like, oh, duh, it's a girl. Like, this makes so much sense that God, like, intertwined our personal life and our professional life. You know, we start this company. It's a startup. We have no money. We have this tiny baby at home. And then, you know, he quit his job. I finally quit my job four years ago. And God has just he's just blown this thing up in ways that we never thought would ever be possible. Um, you know, starting off and we didn't even have a garage to keep our first shipment of books. And we had to borrow my friend's garage and ask her to move her car over to house the books. in there. <laughs> <That's> so awesome! <laughs> so that when they got sold like one, one at a time on our website, we would sneak over and, and pull a box out and, and then put them in an envelope and send them to whoever, whatever the one person was that bought them. And now they're being sold all over the world to many different girls all over the place. So it's just so beautiful to watch how God has multiplied, um, just that those little steps of obedience along the way, not knowing, you know, what, where, where he was taking it, but just trying to stay faithful to the idea and the creativity that, that he partnered with me on, which is amazing. And you do such a good job with them. And I'm super picky. Like I am super picky. <laughs> the stories are well-written. The illustrations mm-hmm. are amazing. Just the product the um, so the ringleaders, the new story, it's a big, thick book and it has stories in it, but the, the cover is like, so beautiful and like embossed and I don't know it's just like they are so well done in fact I opened up the box when I got them all in and I was showing my husband he's like they did this themselves I'm like yeah they have their own publishing company and and both of us were like like, looking at everything we're like this is so amazing so it's you know I mean yes you know you can do your own thing but you guys have done your own thing in an excellent way that I think is just proof of God's hand in your life and in these books and just seeing how um, young women are impacted now through these stories. I I mean, that's such an amazing thing because this is such, um, you know, a beautiful introduction for young girls to these amazing women of the Bible. And I think so many storybooks before have been like, there's been, you know, 50 storybooks and maybe a couple of them highlight a woman, but you're like, no, let's talk about what God is doing in these amazing women and how he can apply it, how he's working in your life too. So it helps little girls understand it's not just about these women in the Bible, but you in your everyday life. And you've done such a beautiful job with that. Oh, thank you. When we first went to the bookstore and, you know, cause we were at our church bookstore just going, okay, we, we like the idea where are the cool books for girls to learn about the women in the Bible. And we found these great books, but they were all sort of a compilation mm-hmm. of like 30 to 40 women of the Bible. It was just sort of a anthology almost of like, here's all the women. They each get a page and a picture. And it's like a third person narrative. There was no way for a girl to engage in the story of the woman and find out what it means for her life. So we, I mean, we looked at things that were in the marketplace that are from a secular standpoint, right? Because you've got Disney, you've got Pixar, you've got these gorgeous, high artistic quality characters. And I mean, girls are just obsessed with all of these different characters coming out of mainstream media right? and going, gosh, in the faith space, like where, I mean, not since VeggieTales has any one brand been like an outlier, that's really captivated the hearts and minds of these young readers. Um, and the way we, that we wanted to do so we always were committed to the quality of it. Right. And I mean, yeah. we were cashing out 401ks to hire a former Disney animator and people were like, you're, I mean, my mom and dad were like, you are nuts. What are you doing? But we just, we, we, we were like, 
on a shelf next to things like Disney and Pixar, this has to compete. Like we're competing for our children. We have to compete at an excellent level and God calls us to our best. So we need to create something excellent that's comparable that they can look and touch and see and be so excited about the way they are about these other brands. But the key for ours, for the series, like the Bible Bell series, I think is the main character, Rooney Cruz, because she's that link to like why this matters for your daughter, mm-hmm. how you can help your daughter understand the lessons inside. Like, how do I pull out the biblical truth and the lessons and the themes I want my own girl to walk away with? And she can see the, and experience the transformation of the sweet little nine-year-old girl who is exactly what the reader is, right? She's insecure. She doesn't know how to assert herself. She lacks confidence. She doesn't know the Lord. And she's just learning about the women of the Bible and how God has equipped her in the same ways he's equipped these women to tackle challenges, to submit to his authority, to be obedient, to be brave, to be loyal in the way she loves people. So I think that's what I love so much about creating this book series and not, I mean, knowing that we needed a modern character to like frame all of these lessons through. It's been so beautiful to hear from moms and dads and little girls everywhere. They write me letters all the time. It's so sweet. And Rini and I will sit at the kitchen table and sob. We will cry together as we read these letters, talking about how much Rooney helps them understand why these stories are so important for them. And it's so it's so special because this new book, and I'm glad you noticed all the fun, like embossing and and yes. that we put on it. Because we were like, this has got to be just go- like wonderful to pick up. Like we want girls to not just read it like another book, like oh, I like this book, and it just lives in your library. We want them to be so excited to pick it up every time to have those little features on it. But I'm so excited about this book because. It's the next installment of the Rooney Cruz adventures. Like the first herd series was all about women of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Rooney learned, you know, God's equipped me with these superpowers like prayer and patience and bravery and loyalty and leadership. And now that I have all those things, I, then my next step is to understand. And and I came up with that acronym. And the Lord totally did this. It's just like through me. But um, that acronym HERD, H-E-A-R-D represents that voice that God placed inside each individual girl, each individual daughter that he has to go out and share who he is, to love people, to live and lead through that powerful voice that they've been given. And so I love this Ringleaders book so much because it's the next big adventure. Like Rooney understands she's got this equipment now. She's got tools God's given her. She understands through the Old Testament women what he's done inside her in terms of character and building her confidence. But now that she understands, you know, her, she's called to be heard, to go out into the world and be heard. It's time to find out what he wants her to say. And so this message from, you know, the ringleaders message, essentially through the new Testament women, six women of the new Testament is Rooney learning about what it means to share the gospel, how Mm. she is called in life and leadership to get the message, the good news of Jesus out into a world that needs him. And it's about sharing him with people who have never even heard his name. It's about living in such a way that invites people to be curious about who he is. And it's so exciting to be the mom of a young daughter, you know, because I think about these things all the time. My faith, God's really done a work on my 
heart to transform me and to live for him and to really, you know, ask daily questions like, Lord, what are you doing? And how can I partner with you? And that's essentially what we want for all our kids. But it's such an abstract concept sometimes to think about this gospel message and God is so big and Jesus and salvation and and how we live based on what he did that for a small person, we just want, I mean, a parents, we just want them to internalize that message. We want them to live it out, walk it out and be so excited about that work that Jesus wants to do in their own hearts so that out of the overflow of love, their life and leadership would be spent drawing people closer to him. And that's what excites me as a parent. And I know it does for you too. Cause I, like you've got your kids at home and you can think through each one of them individually and yeah. the people that you reach as a, a, a writer. And it's just, it's really cool to think about creating things that draw people into that deep and meaningful relationship with Jesus, which we all need. Yeah. And I love you talk about, you know, all the stories are framed through Rooney's point of view because she is uncertain and she is unsure. And I don't know what to say. And, and, <laughs> But then we go back to these biblical women who show her and, and, you know, give her direct or through their stories, she learns how to do things differently and how to have a voice. And um, it's done in such a good way that kids can totally apply it. Because that's another thing with Bible stories. I mean, sometimes it's too low for them. I mean, like this is too babyish. Sometimes it's too like over their heads. And so I think you did a really good job of making it understandable. And I know it's for girls too, but you know, we're reading, I'm reading a lot of my little guys there and he was totally, he was totally into the story too. And uh, so, you know, if you're even with family devotions and stuff, don't feel like you have to just, uh, this is only for girls because biblical women, the lessons we learned and the lessons that Rooney learns are applicable, applicable to little boys too. I love that too. That's like been such a surprise for me because we've been so girl focused, but I love hearing from parents where they're like, these are my son's favorite books. We read them every <laughs> night. We talk about Rooney. And it's so funny because like, and and all the research that, um, you, and, and even as a teacher, like you watch that shift when they get to about fourth or fifth grade where boys start to gravitate more towards male characters and female. Like, it's really interesting that when you, if you're reading with pre-readers, which is like, I mean, I mean, even five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. they don't care so much about like a gender specific character and a hero inside the story they can really appreciate Rooney and what she's going through and they don't have that averse reaction to like oh that's a girl's story it's really cool to hear from parents where they're like these are literally my son's favorite books and I always just snicker to myself like oh I know I know they can impact <laughs> boys too I love oh, it I love it so with the ringleaders there's the adventures which is a larger book there's a coloring book and a, mother, a journal for mothers and daughters and a devotional well, this journal is so pretty too I just have to say like, I just love it so much I'm gonna have so much fun doing this with my girls um, but I just love how there's in each one there's so many just applicable things for them to continue to interact with the story so it's not just they hear it they forget about it but with the devotional and the coloring and the journal um, it, you know by the time you get through all these things they're really going to have that deep in their heart well, I love creating things like that too. And I think that's, I, I can see now looking back at my time in the classroom and, you know, putting on my teacher hat as we created some of these resources, because at the end of the day, what are parents doing? You know, they're at, they're at home. They don't necessarily feel equipped. They don't feel like they have the training sometimes to teach mm -hmm. and lead and disciple their kids. So because, you know, a teacher is, you know, when you're in public or private, you know, traditional school and you're not homeschooling, you're with the kids all day and you're constantly thinking of ways that they can, 
interact with a material that you're trying to engage them, that you're trying to pull in, you know, learners that need to be, you know, that have a certain learning style. So all of those things that I know as a teacher, I try to incorporate into all these additional resources. So parents at home, no matter if their kids are younger, older, if they work well with um, words or if they're more auditory or more kinesthetic learners, like there are all sorts of different activities that they can engage in that a parent can easily pick it up and go, gosh, even though I sometimes don't feel equipped or I don't have the right words, or I'm not sure how to make this fun and exciting. All of that is in there for you. Cause I love thinking of like word games and you know, little, little, you know, memory verses and like things you can piece together, you know, a prayer that will give parents the words when, when maybe they, they can't think of something on the fly. So I enjoy that part of creating these additional resources because I just imagine the parents at home going, man, I want to do this. And it was how I felt so long, right? I want to do this. I want to impart this wisdom and teach my kids, but gosh, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to do this right. I don't mm-hmm. you know, have the right mm-hmm. training. I think parents discount themselves so much and we, you know, we're just in our heads about our ability to lead our own children. So I just wanted to make it fun and easy and give them lots of things they can try. Yeah. And it's so good because I think, you know, when I go to homeschool conferences or just, you know, speaking things, there's a lot of parents that they are new believers. They like, they don't have those years of Sunday school or, I mean, I went to Sunday school, but I could not tell you if like Abraham lived before Jesus. Jesus or like I knew the Bible stories, but just like the, the simple little stories, I didn't know how to apply it. Mm-hmm. And I think so many families, if they are new to the faith or this is, you know, that maybe they never grew up with family devotions or, you know, Bible stories and they don't know how to interact with their kids. I love how that you've made it very easy for them and they are learning. I know parents are learning right along as they're reading out loud and, and, and teaching these things to their kids. Well, I've identified with that so much because I was that person, you know, I was that young teacher, brand new mom sitting in the library going, Lord, I didn't really study these women as a Mm -hmm. young person. I know all the stories of the men in the Bible, but only because I memorized them so I could do well on my Sunday school quizzes. Yeah. Um, You know, and I, the enemy was in my ear in that season. Like, who are you? You're going to, you're going to write books for girls on the women of the Bible. You're not a Bible teacher. You're not, you didn't go to seminary. You didn't, you aren't, you, you can't do it. And I just, I had to just quiet him down and research Mm -hmm. and and try to figure it out. And I just did the best I could, but that's, what's so beautiful about this. Like, and, and for anybody listening who has a creative idea or feels like God wants to partner with them in some way, like you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be willing to say yes. God will take you most of the way. Um, He just wants willing and active participants and people who aren't afraid to take risks. And for us, like we couldn't see what he was going to do to multiply our efforts. And, you know, we sold hundreds and hundreds of thousands of books now, but it's only through his hand in in being able to create some books and then have opportunities and doors open and me quitting my job. And then he brought us all these massive opportunities that only came from him. You just have no idea how God wants to show up and partner with you. But man, don't despise the small beginnings. We, We started so small, you know, in the little library in my neighborhood, with the enemy in my ear going, you can't do it. You don't know what you're saying. How are you going to make this, you know, exciting for girls? And I just, I sat with it and it took me three years to write the first book. Cause I just sat in the, okay, I can't do this Lord. I'm going to research the women. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to you and you are going to show me 
the, the yeah. women you want me to choose for this first series. We got that done. And now we're on into ringleaders with all these New Testament women. It's the same process. Just who are the who are the women that can help you tell this story so that it reaches these next generations of girls who need you and who need to walk fully in their faith and not just live in salvation like it's this you know bubble bath yeah. but who will actually activate their faith and get up and go out and share you and that's what excites me as a an author it's what excites me as a parent you know thinking about my two sweet little girls at home and how we want to make the gospel something that they want to be champions of so good and i'm so glad you brought up just doors that got open because i want you to share that too because i was just doing a mentoring uh, group one of my friends crystal hurst does mentoring Mm -hmm. um has interns and she asked me to speak to it and there's these wonderful young women there and i'm like when you sit down what you're gonna write at first is gonna be horrible (laughs) what i sat down and wrote was horrible like the very first (laughs) and and you have to keep going you have to keep checking out books on how to be a writer, going to conferences, getting mentored. You have to keep going. And those first, like you said, it took three years for your first book. My book, I have so many half-written nothings that are never going to get anywhere. <laughs> on, for years and years, I started, and then I finally started getting ad articles published. And finally, you know, after my first book came out, about 10 years, almost 10 years after I went to my first writer's conference, but I persisted and I know you persisted. It was like, once God put that in our hearts, like, no, I'm going to keep going. And so many people give up. So I would just love to hear like, you didn't give up. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this. But God has done exceedingly more by just opening so many doors. So I just love for you to share just some of the opportunities that you've been given. Yeah, let me let me start by saying, I mean, I quit my job. I quit a job that no one quits. I mean, the, the school that I taught at in San Diego was a beautiful, amazing K through eight private school. No one quits that school. So I went into my principal's office four years ago and just said, "Hey, we're working on this company. It's it needs me now. I'm gonna I'm not gonna come back." And I spent that now. You know, it was May when I had that conversation with my principal, and I spent the summer just going, you know, in my prayer time, just going, Lord okay, like I quit my job. We were already living <laughs> in San Diego on a teacher's salary while we started this company. And it, clearly like you've sustained this family. We're barely making it. But I just let go of my safety net of the mm-hmm. salary. What does this mean? And and I mean, more importantly, like Lord, you called me into teaching and now that time frame is over. It seems like that that season's ended and I don't understand how I'm going to impact kids in the way you want me to if I'm not with them in the classroom every day. And I just was praying. And the two things that happened in that season that were like massive things, the first one was just very humbling because I was like, I'm looking at my husband going, how do I, how do we sustain our family every month when we, we just, we have zero income coming in. So when, yeah. we, when we sell books, great, but we don't have a plan for marketing. Like we are a tiny startup and he, he is like Mr. Sales and network guy. That's what he's done for his life. He's just, he's done marketing. He's worked for ad companies. So he's that mind. And he was like, Aaron, here's what you got to do. Let's get you a list of churches that are in San Diego and you just cold call them and you talk to their women's ministry leader and ask them if they need a speaker to come in to either talk to a mom's group or if they're hosting a conference, if they're looking for someone to hear a story about how God's showed up in a woman's life. Because what do you have? You're a five-time cancer survivor. We're on this crazy life journey where we quit our jobs and start as a publishing company and we're trying to empower girls. And it's a really interesting story. Why don't you just call them? And I, I'm like the terror washed over me. Like I can't call. I don't have. I'm not like a salesperson. I don't want to call these church. Like these women don't want to. Talk. I was so scared until he gave me a little script, and he was like, "Aaron, just call them 
and try, don't try to sell yourself. Just call them and ask them what they need mm. that's coming up. You know, do they have moms that they want to encourage? Do they have a conference coming up that they want to someone to teach through? Do they want to hear an interesting testimony story? Find out what they need. And maybe there isn't, maybe then, then you could say, well, I could come and talk on these things. And that is literally how it started. The first year um, or the first few months I had quit my job, I was cold calling churches. You know, I got probably 30 different speaking events where I literally made $50 at a time. Yep. <laughs> I, would, I would pack a little books, um, a little book table and bring our one book that we had many copies of one book because it was so bare bones at the beginning. We didn't have the whole book series and I would just sell the books one and I would talk and I would sell the books and I had no experience. I just was like excited about what the Lord was doing and not afraid to share. And from there, God just blew these massive opportunities like our way. It was so interesting from working with World Vision and Food for the Hungry and them needing ambassadors that would go out and champion the work that they're doing around the world to share the gospel. So that's something I'm super passionate about, especially as a mom who wants to raise global and gospel citizens. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that excites me more than anything is, is strategically figuring out how our family can share the gospel, not just in our own backyard. Um, and then other opportunities too. I mean, my husband wrangled the phone number of a VP at K-Love and called him up. Again, cold call, like who are we? No one, right? And they had this great conversation about how K-Love and Air One sponsor an, uh, uh, an assembly program for middle school and high school students, public schools, where they bring in a, a dynamic speaker who shares a targeted message about kids and making good choices and trusting adults and what you can do to really you know get the place you're trying to go as a young person. And my husband goes, wow, my wife would be really good at that. <laughs> and they were like, oh, cool. We'll interview her and we'll fly her up to Caleb. And she can, I met the president and, and got the job. And I had, I've spent the last several years speaking for the Dare to Dream program inside schools all over the country, which is so cool. Cause in that season I was praying like, Lord, you just pulled me out of the classroom. What does this mean? I'm not going to be with kids every day. I, I then got the opportunity to go and travel around. And in five days I would speak to 12,000 kids. Wow. And I mean, it was so beautiful how God met me in my disappointment and not knowing, you know, just the anxiety of like, Lord, how are, how is this going to work if I just, I just left what you told me to do. And he, he showed up in so many beautiful ways to just say, Hey, I got you. I've got you. I'm inching you forward. It's going to look this way. It's going to be different than you thought. It's not going to be in the classroom anymore. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, so I just had to let go of what I thought it was going to be. And just that, that relative feeling of discomfort. Like if you're walking in a little bit of discomfort, I think that's what God's will feels like. I don't think it ever feels comfortable. Like, Oh, I've arrived. I'm good. Like, I think his will offers discomfort. And then we know, we know we're there because we, we don't feel like we have it all figured out. It doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel soothing. Um, it feels wrong sometimes, yeah, I think, yeah. but, but he's going, no, no, I'm confirming it. Keep going. Nope. You're, you're confirmed. Like do, do this, take that step, go forward, walk forward. And I'll show you a little baby step at a time. That's how he works. It's the best. Yeah. And I love it so much because they, these young women on this mentoring call last night asked me like, how did your faith grow in the writing process? And I said, it, it grew by taking leaps, like, you know, sitting at a conference and seeing an editor walk by and, you know, all of a sudden deciding I need to, 
I need to talk to this person and saying, excuse me, Mr. Walker, do you have a minute? I mean, it's those little moments of bravery, like you cold calling and me like popping an editor who's walking by to talk and say, hey, I can write for you, which I had nothing published at the time. Had never, you know, and all of a sudden like, hey, I could do this. But it is, it's those, those leaps of faith where you're leaving your comfort zone, but you know that God put something in you to share for a reason. And um, that's how faith grows when you take a leap and you realize like, oh, wait, there's something there. It reminds me of that Indiana Jones where you can't see the bridge there until he mm-hmm. jumps and then it's there. The bridge is there. Yes. God is there to carry you across, but you have to take those leaps of faith. Um, otherwise, you know, we all want to stay in our comfort zone, but you'll never grow. You'll never get experience God. You'll never get to see him work in these big, amazing ways in your comfort zone. You have to step out. You have to be willing to quit your job, you know, <laughs> make cold calls, talk to someone, you know, you have to be willing to step out and do it knowing that God will not let you fall. It's so good too. I think it just, he tests our faith all the time, you know, and and the Bible says that like our faith gets tested, right? And it's these little opportunities come up and sometimes they're little and sometimes they're medium sized. Sometimes they seem massive at the time. But then I, I mean, looking back, it's like, I mean, he confirmed that I should quit my job. Right? I mean, in a very huge way, like I prayed a prayer and then confirmation came two hours later where mm-hmm. it was like, I can't ignore this. And it's what I needed in that moment to just stay faithful, to go, okay, Lord, you know, it's time to put my money where my mouth is. And I say, I believe, I say, I follow you. And I say, I'm listening to your voice and I want to do what you say, but you're telling me this hard thing. Can, can I keep, can I do it? Can I be a risk taker? Can I, can I do what feels uncomfortable because you've told me to do it? And it's so beautiful. I love the, the gift of hindsight mm-hmm. and he, you know, that's not guaranteed all the time, but when we, we get to look back and we're, it never feels good when you're in it, but when you look back, I mean, there's too many different moments where God showed up there. God showed up there. God showed up right there. And it's, you can't ignore the work that he's done in the past. So I think living, living with hindsight in mind in the present and then casting vision for the future and creating, you know, the different things that God wants to partner with you to create. Um, you can look back and use hindsight to move forward to go, gosh, he showed up every single time in these ways. And it was always a way I didn't expect. I can be expectant for that in the season that's coming because he is so faithful and because he, he is so, so true to his word. It's, it's been, it's been so beautiful to live it out and watch him work inside my life. And I mean, to be honest, I never thought I'd be live enough, long enough for any of this to happen. I'm 13 years cancer free. I, uh, or sorry, 13 since my first diagnosis. So eight years cancer free. I've, you know, I've been married 10 years. I have two sweet babies. We have a, a growing business that we never, I mean, if you'd have told me 10 years ago, you'd start a publishing company that is a Christian faith-based girls empowerment. I was, I would have told you were nuts. Um, but so many things are surprising and not what I had planned. And I'm so grateful that my plans didn't come to fruition because what God has planned is always better. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And, and he just him showing up, like I love how you said, you can look back and say, well, God showed up there and God showed up there. So mm-hmm. when the next big scary thing comes, because it will, uh, then he will show up again and we can have faith in that. And that really is how our faith grows to see him um, always faithful in our lives. And we, we just learn to trust him more. Oh, I'm so excited about all God is doing in you and your family and these books. So Aaron, where can um, people find more information about you and Bible Bells and all that you're doing? 
Yeah, the best place is to go to BibleBells.com. It's B-I-B-L-E-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. All of our resources are there. Brand new book is there. Our podcast, our blog, um, everything is there to get you filled up and excited to champion the next generation of kids and um, just to lift them up in the way that God wants us to lift them up. So it's BibleBells.com. You can find us there. Well, thank you, Erin, so much for being here. I love this and I love all that God's doing through you and in you. Well, I could talk to you for a thousand years. <laughs> it is the best catching up with you. And I can't wait to see you when you come to Montana to visit We'll be family. up there next year for sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to squeeze you. <laughs> oh, so fun. Well, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. I just love so much what Aaron had to say. And, you know, it made me think of my own life, like I mentioned, about turning to God. And like Aaron, once we turn to God and we ask, what do you want for my life? Often, it's not what we had planned. Aaron talks about being after success and money. And instead, God turned her heart towards children and then through making these wonderful books for girls and encouraging them. And I love how when God does that, when he turns his turns our mind to what he desires for our life, he also equips us to do the task. It's not like, okay, this is what I want you to do and go on, do your own thing, have fun. But he is there every step of the way. And I love those questions of Aaron that she asked, what are my gifts? What did you design me to do, God? And then once God put young girls on her heart. I love how Erin and her husband, they just did everything to, to do what God asked and risked their 401ks, risked everything to follow him. Um, and I love also that they really want to touch the heart of girls. And um, it made me think about what Erin was saying, you know, girls need to understand that they have the same tools, the same calling as the women of the Bible. I really, that really encouraged me when I'm thinking of my own daughters. I think sometimes we think, oh, when they're older, this is what God has planned for them. But I love how Aaron encourages us to look at our girls now and to see what is God doing in my daughter's life? How can I help him? How can I encourage my daughter? How can I remind her that she is called by God too? So we don't have to wait until they're older. Our girls don't have to wait until they're adults to figure that out. We can start helping them and training them. So today's Walk It Out verse is one um, where Jesus is talking about children. And it is Luke 10, 21, and this is from the NIV version. And it says, At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. And, you know, many times the Bible talks about childlike faith. And when we tell kids, you know, God designed you for a purpose and he has a good plan for your life. And look at how he's equipped you. Kids take that. They understand it. They grasp it. They believe it. I think sometimes as adults, we start to question these things. And I think that these books um, that that Erin has created, the Bible Bell series and Ring Leaders is her new one that we talked about today, that they can equip children to know and to understand 
who they are made to be. And they can have that childlike faith and that, that faith can grow. And I think it also can encourage us as we're are even guiding our kids to remind us of who God created us to be. So I hope that you will be encouraged today. I hope that you will be inspired today to just consider how God wants to use you, how he wants to use your life, how he um, wants to use you to inspire and encourage kids. Now, let me pray for us. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, first of all, I thank you for Erin. I thank you that um, she is cancer-free and that you have given her these two wonderful children and that you have shown her her calling. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much for that. And I uh, just pray that you'll encourage her and bless her and bless these books and bless her ministry and bless all that she desires to do to reach the hearts of young girls. Lord, I pray for um, every listener out there that is maybe questioning, like, what is God's plans for me? And I don't know if I'm following them. And I pray for those who maybe haven't even trusted God to ask those questions. I pray that Aaron's story will encourage them um, to pause and ask those things and to turn to God and to trust Him with childlike faith. I pray, Lord, that all of us will have childlike faith when it comes to believing you and understanding the good plans that you have for our lives and trusting you and taking those leaps of faith. I pray that we may be children of faith and children um, who desire to follow you. And Lord, I know when we do that, you will show up in amazing ways. I pray for every listener and I pray that we may be encouraged to follow you today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. Um, Again, if you want to find out more about Aaron and the Ringleaders books, which cover um, women in the New Testament and all the information about the resources um, that she um, has created, we will have that all on the show notes. You can go to walkitoutpodcast.com and you can see the little graphic with Erin's beautiful picture on it. And you can find out more information about ringleaders and Rooney Grooves and all that she is doing there. But I would just love for you to um, consider how you can bless the children in your life. So for sure, check out these books. I love all that Erin is doing. And I also wanted to mention a couple of resources that you can find in my online shop. So if you just go to trishagoyer.com and then click on shop, you can see some resources for kids. Now, one of them, Prayers That Changed History, is a book that I created after um, coming upon these amazing stories in history about real men and women who have sought God and who prayed and things changed. That is one of them. And then also we have Wits End Mealtime Devotions. It's a book I created years and years ago that has been republished. And that's another resource too. So consider those. But just remember that you are someone who can be an amazing influence in kids' lives. And don't forget that you can grow their faith in amazing ways. Have a great week, friends. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. 
If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.